Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to the Prince Podcast here on PodcastJuice.net. My name is Michael Dean. As always, got a special guest in the house tonight. Y'all already know, I will butcher a name. And this brother here has a name that you don't see often, so I'm going to try my best to pronounce it eloquently and let's go so joining me today you've seen his name floating around he's got a big book coming out which we're going to talk about it's afshin shahindi so how are you shahidi shahidi there you see first name right (laughs) how are you doing man i'm great michael how are you thanks uh thanks for having me on i'm glad we're uh, finally able to connect yeah it's and it's my pleasure to have you on uh totally i'm honored uh, you know, we watch from afar us as fans. So being able to like chop it up and, and hear you guys speak is a blessing to us. And I want to respect your time because I know you have I would imagine you have a lot of things going on. You have this book coming out and I want to talk about that. So the book, the official title of the book is Prince, A Private View. And it's yes. coming out October 24th of this year. I've already seen that. I, I see pictures are starting to kind of pop up online. People are like getting real hyped about this, man. Uh, how does this feel? And then this is not your first Prince book either, right? No, I did. Excuse me. I did a book uh, with Prince called, um, I think it was Prince in Hawaii. Yes. Uh, uh portrait or intimate portrait of an artist that was the first one and i didn't realize we were doing a book we had just gone on vacation he said hey bring your family along wow so i had two kids at the time my wife uh my two kids we went to hawaii hung out obviously i had my cameras with me and you know we we snapped a few pictures here and there and then we got back and prince says what do you think about making a book (laughs) (laughs) so just like that we made a book Yes, uh, and that book is very hard to find at this point. Is there any sort of plans of, of re-releasing this book? I, I would like to. That's what I've heard. I've, I've seen some really ridiculous prices for it uh, on Amazon and, and elsewhere. And uh, so I want to try to find um, a way to re-release it so so the fans or whoever's interested can buy it at a at a decent price. Yes. All right. Um, I'm, I'm in talks. I'm in talks with with the people over at Paisley Park to see if they're interested in in partnering up with it, uh, and and to make it happen. All right. Well, we're we're ready and waiting. So we we got our our debit cards and everything. We're ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I just I just want whoever whoever's interested in it to to really get it. And in terms, you know, uh, obviously I need to make a living. But in terms of just uh, giving something that the fans can can you know continue Prince's legacy and, and remember him by is is my first goal. Right on, man. Um, it, so I want to go into this new book, but it's something about the way that you take pictures of Prince and other people but Prince particularly and I wanted to say this before we go forward when I look at I remember the pictures from the Hawaii book that was one of the rare times you didn't necessarily see him as this like superstar icon it was like the pictures kind of more like normal type of stuff you could see Prince doing like you know uh, I remember it's the one when he was on the moped Right, and I was like, "Prince is on mopeds. Like, where, where does this happen at?" And it was just kind of like a very humanizing sort of take on Prince, and that was very special at that time. And even there's a shot now that's making the rounds, which I'm sure you're aware of, and it's Prince walking down the street with the guitar. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just like it's a shocking type of picture because it seems so subtle. Like it's just like, man, he's like a normal person. He just like more real or something. I mean, is that like? 
I don't know if it's hard for you to answer this, but is that like more your style or what, what how would you define your style well, of photography? That, that's more my style, but you know, I came into this, I was a cinematographer, so I started working with prints on music videos okay. uh, in, in 93. So 10 years before I actually started photographing him, you know, with still photography, I was shooting music videos and working on music videos. So he kind of plucked me from that and said, Hey, what do you think about being a photographer? So I had, I was dabbling before, so it was kind of a natural transition. A lot of the same rules apply, but I had, you know, my style was more naturalistic. And for me, it was always interesting to juxtapose this, this person that you see as an icon. And like you pointed out, seeing him doing normal things. I thought that's what's interesting or what's more interesting than, okay, here is a star posing as a star with, you know, lights and makeup and stuff. So whenever I could, uh, I would try to get Prince to, to, well, not even try to do anything, but I would just have my cameras. And so when he was doing something like the, the picture that you said with him on the moped, he literally, we were at his house in Hawaii. He got on a moped and then I scrambled to get my cameras. I'm like, oh my God, what a moment. I got to, you know, and I got that one picture <laughs> before right. he sped off. So uh, a lot of that stuff is unplanned. Him walking with the guitar. Um, we went out and I said, that one was a little more planned. I said, hey, Prince, do you mind just walking and, and I can shoot a few pictures of you walking. He was like, sure. He was, he was game for it. So, uh, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. And is it, um, just as to go into the sort of collaboration working with Prince, is he very open to ideas in terms of you suggesting things when you guys uh, are doing stuff? At, no, absolutely. Actually, that's, that's what he's looking for. There was very few times that I can recall where he actually, said, this is what I want to shoot. Okay. So I, I, you know, he would call and he knew he wanted to shoot or he needed images for something. And early on when I started photographing him, a lot of the images were for his music club. That's where they were appearing. So we were doing a lot, but it was never, hey, come shoot me like this. It was more like, hey, come on over. Okay, now that you're here, figure out a way, you know, to make something interesting. So he was always open to collaboration. And then, you know, we'd start vibing and I'd suggest something and, and he'd come up with an idea that would, you know, perhaps make it better. And we'd kind of go back and forth and, and try a lot of things. It was, it was actually a lot of fun shooting with him. Wow. Now, when did you first meet Prince? <laughs> I grew up in Minneapolis. So okay. just as a Minneapolis kid and, and as a music fan, uh, you know, I was listening to Prince in high school. That's when I started. Um, never really thinking that that I would either meet him or work with him. But you know, I was I was a huge fan, obviously. And Purple Purple, uh, Purple Rain was really influential for me. Um, but years later, I, I got back from college. I'd studied physics for a few years, and then finally got a degree in in communication and, and was trying to be a filmmaker. Uh, and I was back in Minneapolis trying to figure out what to do when I got a phone call or a text. Uh, actually, not even a text, a page. Let's, let's go <laughs> okay. all the way back. <laughs> uh, and it was, to, it was to work on a music video, and they wouldn't tell me who it was for, uh, but they had asked me to, to load film, and I didn't know how to load film, but I figured I had a few days to learn. So I said, yeah, sure, I can do it. Ended up being for Prince, and they needed me that day. Uh, and so I showed up not really knowing how to do the thing that they hired me to do, but I'm like, I gotta go. It's wow. Prince's house. So uh, I met him there uh, at Paisley Park. I walked in and, you know, the, the shoot was already going on. I think they may have uh, fired 
the last couple people. So I walked in and see Prince just jamming on the guitar and I was just, I was blown away. Wow. Do you remember what video or song this was for? I don't remember what that one was for, which is <laughs> kind of crazy to say because, you know, when you're shooting a music video, you hear the song over and over and over again. The one song that stands in my mind that I remember just hearing so many times when we're shooting the video for was uh, Endorphin Machine. Oh, okay. Um, but from that point on, you know, I, I worked on quite a few videos, but I don't recall what that first one was. I was just so kind of in awe and nervous and, you know, trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to do this thing that I had told them <laughs> I knew how to do. Uh, so there was a lot of, there was a lot of things going on. I don't, I don't remember the song, unfortunately. Wow. That's a common thread I hear from a lot of people who've worked with them is like, you get asked to do something that may not necessarily be your thing, but it's right. sort of that moment where you say, hey, I'm diving in and let's go. We'll figure it out. So that, that's amazing. absolutely. And that's how the photography came about, because, you know, after we got to know each other, he became comfortable with me because uh, I would be at Paisley quite a bit working on these videos. That's when he said, hey, you know, you do still photography. <laughs> and it was like, you do now. <laughs> Wow. So getting into the photography, was that a thing where you had to not to get overly technical, but did you have to like, okay, let me uh, figure out what cameras to get? I mean, well, how did you, you know, feel comfortable? You know, but with I, that? You know a, cinematography and photography are very similar. It's just one is involves motion and the other one is, is a, you know, a moment in time. So uh, I was already dabbling. I had a camera. My mother uh, was a was a hobbyist, so I grew up with her having a dark room. So I was very familiar, you know, with the whole process. And I did have a camera, so technically, you know, it was I I was able, I was adept. It was just more creatively figuring out. Okay, when w- what we've been working with is a large crew and lighting, and mm-hmm. you know, a, him jamming on a guitar or whatever. Okay, how do I take that and make a single image that's that stands out and is interesting? Well, so that was really the, the challenge. All right. What, what, uh, I wanted to ask you two questions, but you mentioned your mother. And I'm just curious, what did your family think uh, when you started working with Prince? Like, what did, you know, was that a, I would imagine it's a big deal, but I'm just curious if your mom was a photographer and now here you are sort of going into this for this musical hometown hero, right? Right. They, uh, they were excited for me. I mean, they knew uh, what a what a Prince fan I was, you know, since high school. So they were they were pretty excited. But uh, for a lot of my family, the film business was still kind of like this phase I was going through. You know, my aunts would occasionally call and say, you know, it's not too late to get into computers. <laughs> so I wasn't really sure what that meant. But uh, yeah, my, my mother and my stepfather were really uh, excited and, and encouraging. All right. Um what was the uh, first photo uh, that sort of either got published or one that you remember, like you were like, wow, I did that. You know, this is this is the one that started me up here. Uh, you know, the, the first things that I did with him um, when he asked me to, to uh, if I was a photographer and I kind of mumbled through a yeah, kind of was he had me come out and shoot his band for a tour book. Um and so I was shooting, you know, John Blackwell, Renato, uh, and I'm trying to think who else was there. I don't know if Morris was there, but I was shooting the band and he would pop in and, and look and kind of, you know, make suggestions and go away. And then when I went back a few days later to show him the film, he really liked it. And then he asked me to, to photograph him. 
Wow. So the first time I photographed him, really, it was just in and around Paisley. And I think some of those shots made it into uh, some of the tour books, but I have the first couple of photos that I took in my book uh, of Prince. But the one that I really recall was there's a, a picture of him. It's a live shot with him playing the guitar. And if you bought the One Night Alone box set, yep. there's a booklet and it's the cover of the booklet. Okay. And that shot I remember only because I had taken it and then, you know, I had given some of the film to Prince and they were making whatever they were making. But then the next time I saw it, I was at one of the venues, uh, I think in Europe during One Night Alone, just kind of walking outside uh, in, in, the, in the common area uh, before the show started. And I saw that picture as a poster for sale. Wow. And it was like, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, man. Yeah, there was, a lot, there was a lot of surprises like that because I didn't know how the images were, were going to be used. So they would just pop up here and there and I would see them for the first time. Amazing. You know, I'd be like, wow, okay, that's on a T-shirt. Wow, that's a poster. Oh, my God, this, you know, this is on Rolling Stone. <laughs> Amazing. Um, man, so, you, were, so you, you mentioned the One Night Alone. So I'm assuming that's – is that the first tour you went out with Prince? Or that that was the that was the first tour, and that was kind of as a result of uh, that first photo shoot with him uh, when I photographed him. Because after we did that, and and I went back and showed him the film, um, he asked me, he's like, "How would you like to go on the road with us?" And I was I was blown away because, you know, <laughs> it was huge. Right, I can imagine, man. So this is interesting because I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit. You were in high school when Purple Rain came out, so you were probably like either a freshman or a senior in '84. I mean, it's not a senior, I mean, you're a freshman or a sophomore, maybe in '84. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I was a big deal. I remember it was a big deal in my area. Uh, you being sort of like a fan first. Was there ever a moment when you, you know, say they, you said they called you and say we got a job. We don't want to tell you who it is, but assume, assuming when you find out you have to go to Paisley Park, it's pretty obvious. Like, oh, okay. I'm right. going to meet Prince. Was there ever a moment where you were just kind of like, man, I got to kind of geek out here and just take in where I'm at? Like, this is crazy. Uh, uh, absolutely. I had driven by Paisley Park, you know, a, a number of times. So I knew the facility. I'd never stepped in. So, mm. you know, just going onto the grounds, I was in awe. Like, wow, I get to walk in there. But literally, things were already going on. So it wasn't like the beginning of the day when I got there, things are in full motion, you know, LA crews out there shooting. And when I stepped in, Prince is performing. And so, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was in awe and just, you know, had to, had to take it in. Right. Um, what, uh, so I just kind of wanted to touch on some of the, uh, times that you're with prince so we did one night alone um i imagine you were there for um, like musicology mm -hmm. um and does yep. this also include so i, I like the uh i'm thinking of 3121 the cover mm -hmm. is that your photography there that's on the yeah the, the cover of that album is mine yep um so okay so that kind of puts me in, in some things uh i'm going to touch on 3121 for a second Sure. I remember the CD and it said like 3121, like the album, right? And then it sort of insinuates that there were other things of 3121. And mm -hmm. I, my understanding is there was like a, uh, some sort of movie or a, a video thing shot. Do you remember any thoughts of, uh, remember any of that stuff? Yeah, ab absolutely. <laughs> it is, it was and is a movie. It's a feature film 
uh, I shot a lot of it. I directed pieces of it. Um, it was a film that was kind of loosely put together with, with no uh, script per se, mm -hmm. just a lot of ideas. Um, uh, probably the most memorable thing was I got a call, you know, one evening I was stepping into a movie with my wife and I answered it and it was Prince and he said, can you come to Panama tomorrow? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I flew down to Panama thinking we're going to take some pictures. And when I got down there, he's like, oh, we're going to we're going to continue shooting part of the movie down here. Wow. So then I had to turn around and fly back to the States to get equipment and, and some crew and then go back to Panama. And we shot there for I think we were there for a week and a half, maybe two weeks. Oh, amazing. And, and shot parts of the film down there. So, yeah, I mean, it was. 3121 became much larger than the album. I mean, you know, as you guys probably know, it started out as the address of one of the homes that, that Prince uh, would rent, you know, when he would come out to L.A. in the winter um, and just started having these parties that, that were really amazing. And so I think that inspired him to make the album, to name it 3121. And then that led into a, 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 the movie. I think we he wanted to do a magazine called 3121. So mm. morphed into a lot of things. Do you remember if that movie was actually ever finished? I believe there's a, a cut of it. I believe there's a, you know, a, a full edit of it, whether it's in a uh, finished state. I'm not sure. Gotcha. But I know that there is a, you know, a full cut of it. Um, and also this time uh, you guys were working with uh, Tamar. And mm -hmm. I think you did some shots of her as well, right? Like, I was yeah, absolutely. Tam Tamar was a, was a big part of... Uh, big part of his his life during that that period so we you know he went out in support of her and her album right and and i shot the cover for that stuff but yeah she amazing voice obviously you guys have heard her mm -hmm. uh, quite talented and you know prince had a had a knack for picking out talent for sure what, what other do you can you remember any other uh i'm always curious about these movies and, and video things that he has and just sort of in the vault that you only hear about. Were there any other projects like that that you worked on that you can speak of? Uh, there, there's quite a few things that we shot that at the time, um, both I've never heard the song again uh, or seen the video. And a lot of it, you know, when I started working with Prince early on, it was it was during, you know, the, the when he had Slave written on his face and, okay. um, you know, a funkier time. So a lot of the videos as we're shooting, I'm like, wow, this is this is really risque. I don't you know, I don't think MTV in America would ever play this. You know, maybe he can have it air in France or something. So a lot of that stuff ended up in the vault, but we didn't really get the, the names for the songs. And, and a lot of it we never heard again. So hopefully one day, uh, you know, if they decide to, to release that material, there's a whole wealth of of music videos and and songs that are in there let me throw some names at you then because now you you, you, you kind of did it with the slave thing did you work on uh there was the 18 and over were you around what what year was that do you remember I'm it so would have been like 90 uh 94 maybe yeah yeah it was a there, there, i've seen this video online obviously i know the song but it's a video and i think there's like two twin girls in it it's not the twin twin yes 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 i <laughs> I, I did work on that and, okay. I, and uh a, a bunch of other ones from the album i did um i don't know if this was from the album but i i hate you we did I that hate you, but eight, yes yeah yeah but 18 and over i remember you know i had early on uh, working on these videos, I was I was a focus puller. So for people that don't know, 
you know, as, as the camera moves around and is, you know, shooting different people, you have to literally change the focus on the lens. So okay. whatever you want is in focus. Gotcha. So my job was to do that. And on one of the shots, uh, when you said the twins, it reminded me, there was, kind of, I think, a big wide kind of performance shot. And the camera that I was the focus puller on was on a crane. So it was swinging around, you know, going all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it was on a really long lens, which means, you know, it was a close up. Uh, and so I had to figure out how far the camera is from from the person. So not everything was always sharp. <laughs> not everything was always in focus because the camera's moving. Prince was moving. Wow. So the next day we're back there and he had gotten dailies and there was some some stuff that was soft. So he called me out on it. He's like, yo, you're going to uh, you're going to make sure I'm in focus today. <laughs> <laughs> So that's yeah, that's that's what brought that that memory back when you said the twins. But yeah, I worked on that video. Okay, yeah, uh, I worked on Dolphin. Yes. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, Endorphin Machine. Mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of stuff from the Gold Experience. Man, so you was there when it, oh, that? I love that era, man. There was a lot of uh, dope stuff going on with Prince, and it's so. I say it's shame because a lot of it was never officially released, and it was exactly. such great music. Wow. Okay. Uh, um, and, and you just mentioned something, how Prince, what he said to you, like, wh how was it working with him? Would he, uh, you know, do you have to always be on point or would he call you out in, in a certain way if things weren't necessarily right? You know, were you nervous? Uh, yeah, I mean, at that time, you know, things changed as, as he got older and matured. And, you know, during the one night alone and stuff, things changed. But during that era, it really, I mean, that was the era when uh, that first day that I walked in where they said, you know, don't look Prince in the eyes and don't look him in the face. And I don't know if that was necessarily something that Prince had requested, but the people that were working around him would always say that. So uh, he was mysterious. And so when he said something to you, it was a big deal because he wasn't talking to the crew. Now, he had seen my face around there enough that that he had gotten used to me and knew my name actually he knew my name from the first day because when i walked in there he's like who's this kid and asked me <laughs> asked me my he's like who are you uh wow but it, it was it was nerve-wracking at that point you know once i got to know him and once i started uh photographing him it was a whole different thing and he was a whole different person but at that point yeah everybody had to be on point and there was no trying to explain anything it was either a yes or no you know he didn't want a long explanation he just wanted to know the answer and wow. to move on wow okay um and it's interesting because your relationship does it must involve in, involve with him and change because you know jumping ahead you know i i love when i see the story that he had your daughter's picture mm. on his desk so mm. so getting to that point you guys must have really gotten to be real cool with each other uh, where in terms of, you know, he knows your family and things of that nature. When was that sort of turning point when, you know, you kind of stopped being just a photographer and like, yo, Ashton, man, what's going on? You know, how's the family and that type of thing? Uh, yeah, early on, I think it, it happened uh, during and after One Night Alone. Okay. You know, prior to that, like I said, I was a technician that would come in and then I ended up being a cinematographer so working a little more closely with them, but still, you know, I was in and out. I wasn't really there after hours. Uh, so I think during One Night Alone, we, we spent a lot of time, you know, going over the images after the band went back to sleep. You know, Prince obviously had an enormous amount of energy. So after playing a show and then an after show, we'd spend another hour or two looking at images and talking. So I think we bonded dur during that time. 
but he had met my wife the very first shoot photo shoot that I did. My wife came as, as my assistant. Uh, and I, I don't think he realized at that point that she was my wife. It, it, it was a few shoots later where, you know, he heard me calling her baby or something. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's like that, huh? Uh, you know, un- until he realized we were we were married. But so, yeah, he, he got to know me. He got to know her. Uh, then he invited us to Hawaii, you know, and I brought the whole family. He got to know nice. my daughter, Yara. Uh, and, and my daughter's an actress. Um, and, and, you know, once we moved to L.A., she ended up doing a movie and he was a big fan of hers and really supportive. So he, he was very sweet and very much into family and into children. Yeah, I heard uh, that he bought out the theater for yeah. the, the first movie. Imagine that, right? <laughs> yeah, she, she did a movie with Eddie Murphy called Imagine That. Uh, you know, many years ago. And when it came out, uh, he loved movies. So this was a common thing. But he uh, he rented out the Chanhassen movie theater and, you know, a couple nights in a row and brought whoever was there, whoever was at Paisley over to see the movie. Nice. Yeah. I got to I got to got to ask you this, you know, as a father. So first of all, I salute you, man. Your family is doing wonderful I saw a picture today. I was I was showing my girlfriend. I said, "This is a dope ass picture." It's you and your family with uh, Obama, uh, yes. Michelle. And I was like, "Wow, that's that's a good look." Right? I was like, "This is," <laughs> you know what I mean. So I'm not. I'm trying to gas you up, but but you know, but on a real way, like you're really doing your thing. Your family's doing excellent. Uh, of course, your, your your daughter. She got the uh, spinoff show mm-hmm. from Blackish about to come off. What um, how how do you sort of juggle going around the world with Prince and, you know, back then doing that thing and then raising a family? Now, you mentioned, obviously, you took your family to Hawaii with you. Did right. they travel with you a lot during these times? Uh, well, first, I got to say, it, you know, it, it takes a, a special partner and spouse for this to work for and sure. for us to, you know, for me to be able to do this, for us to be able to maintain our relationship. So. Uh, if if my wife wasn't the special person that she is, I don't know if it would have worked. Yes. Um, but yeah, they they wouldn't travel with me, but they would come visit me. So during one night alone in London, um, that where it kind of kicked off the European leg, my wife my wife flew out with my daughter, and she was pregnant at the time. So technically, uh-huh. my middle son was with us too, uh, but he was in the womb. But she came out, and they came to the shows. Uh, and then what was really cool and was, you know, uh, I'm thankful for is I would work a really long day and a really long night cause he'd do the show and then the after show and I would come back to the hotel just really wiped out. And my wife had come to the show, but then, you know, they had gone back, but she would have food there for me. And then in the morning she would take my film to the lab mm. and drop it off, you know, and, and pick it up. So it was, it's, it's always been a, a family affair. I mean, it's a, it's a, the partnership and our bond that really allows us to to do this and make it work. How, how does uh, one? So your wife is an actress as well, right? She's, Correct. And, mm-hmm. and of course, I think pretty much all of your kids have been in something, uh, you know, acting wise. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah they've they've all they've all done it. Uh, obviously, Yara. He's on a show. Saeed's been on a couple of different shows. Okay. Um, he's, he's focusing on on high school and basketball right now. He just made his his JV team. So oh, congratulations. And and then and then our youngest, who's nine, has watched the two older ones do it, and he's like, okay, if they're doing it, I can do it better. <laughs> wow. I, I, I mean, so you have a family of creatives, man. Like, what what is that household like? You know, 
everyone sort of has a creative spark going on. It's uh, it's both fun and exciting, and sometimes it's tiring because we're all over. You know, there's been times literally where on one day we've been on five different sets. My wife is working on something, my daughter and, and son are on something, and I'm out of town on something else. So it gets it gets crazy. Uh, we have a you know a, a nice support network here that that helps us and allows us to do it, but it gets pretty nutty. Going back to the to the creative part, really, though, I got to say, working with Prince kind of changed my my view, uh, because to him and, I, and I, I've said this before, he just showed me that anything was possible mm. you know, creatively. And he really pushed uh, the boundaries. He never wanted to do anything twice. You know, if I showed him a picture and I said, oh, let's do something like this, mm-hmm. he'd be like, why? They've already done it. Like, okay, so let's come up with something better. Mm. So he, you know, he kind of instilled that in me and, and, and my wife and I try to instill that in, in our children. Um, but really, it's, it's been the partnership and, and the strong uh, wife that I have, Carrie, who, who's made this all possible. Now, now you said you are uh, from Minneapolis, uh, but you're you're back. You are uh, Iranian, am I? I'm, yeah, I'm I'm Iranian. Iranian I, I, my mother and I moved to the United States when I was seven. Uh, we lived um, we lived just outside of D.C. for a short time, and then my mother uh, went to Minneapolis. I had an uncle mm-hmm. who had gone to college in Minneapolis and set up a business, and my mom went to visit him. And, and I know it was summertime because had she gone to Minneapolis in the winter to visit, there's no way we would have ended up moving there. Uh, uh, but so she went and visited him like, wow, this is a beautiful place. And then, you know, I followed and then I started uh, grade school okay, in wow. Minneapolis. What, what was that like just coming from a different country and culture, you know, coming here to America and Minneapolis? What, what was that like for you? Uh, it, you know, it was it was difficult. It, first of all, my parents had gotten divorced when I was really young. So my father didn't come. He had no interest in, in leaving Iran. And my mother and I, you know, left for just a, a better life and opportunity, which is kind of why so, so many or which is why so many other people have come to this country. Uh, but I remember early on it was difficult. I didn't speak the language, and and the second day I was in the United States, they dropped me off. At, you know, in Fairfax, Virginia, they dropped me off at school. Oh wow! Put me in third grade. Wow! Uh, and the only thing I knew, and I had a cousin who was one year younger than me, who was in second grade at the school. So the only thing I knew was how to get from the classroom. <laughs> that they had put me into the front door to meet him to be able to get home. And that's all I was focused on. So that first day, I remember pretty vividly, they had a fire alarm. And I had no idea what that was because we didn't have fire alarms in Iran. Mm. Everyone got up and left. And I didn't want to leave this room because I didn't want to go somewhere else where I wouldn't know how to get to the front (laughs) to meet my cousin to get home. So I sat there. Uh, throughout the fire drill and nobody noticed and they went and they came back and you know the teacher probably kind of freaked out (laughs) to see still sitting there but uh yeah it was difficult then you know i started slowly i started learning the language this was also during the time that the the hostage crisis was going on so people's feelings about iran you know were not that good so it was a little bit of that to deal with um, you know, listening to to kids. Uh, this was now I was in Minneapolis, but listening to kids, you know, repeat what their parents said about Iran and Iranians. So it, it was a little difficult, but uh, you know, I found my footing and, and made it through. What? what uh, I'm sorry, you said this was in Virginia. Uh, initially, Virginia, yeah, Fairfax, Virginia, okay. just outside of DC, is where I where we first went, and I had an aunt there that we stayed with. 
How old were you when you came to uh, Minneapolis? Was that? I must have been. I must have been nine. nine. Again, like it's it's hard for me to remember <laughs> some of those things, but I think I was not. I was eight or nine because I, I was seven or eight when we first came, and then shortly thereafter. I ended up in Minneapolis. So this is like probably 79, 80, 1980 or so. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just, I remember that hostage thing and it's interesting to, to think about that and then to think about sort of where we are today, where we're at today <laughs> with, with stuff, man. And I would imagine you have an interesting sort of take on that, but I wanted to like, how do you, um, and so I'm asking this because you have an interesting mixture. You know, obviously you have African American wife. Your kids are of mixed heritage. Um, mm-hmm. How did you, you know, how did you sort of instill in them, uh, just the, you know, from the experiences that you have as a kid, and then the things that are going on today? Because I, you know, I see your daughter. She's very much seen as an activist as well. Very outspoken, eloquent. Uh, and has her own thoughts about it. But I always say that's got to come from the parents, at least to be able to have this, you know, the spirit to be like that. Right. Were, were you and your wife uh, sort of very politically active uh, around your you know, kids? Uh, I mean, we we we, dis- we have a lot of family discussions. And, and so we've talked about a lot of things. We're We're not you know, as active per se as Yara is or not as vocal. So there's always been family discussions. But, you know, we come from a kind of a line of activists on both sides. Uh, you know, my father-in-law was uh, was an activist in the 60s and 70s civil rights. Uh, I have people in my family that, that have been vocal about different things. So she's she's seen that. But really, Yara has just this curiosity about the world and about people that's that's driven her to read a lot, to research a lot. Okay. Oh, I wanted to ask you this question, and you can let me know if it's not something you want to talk about, but... Sure. It's an interest to me because I, I can see some similarities. You said your dad didn't move to the States. I, I'm curious, did you, are you, did you ever still maintain a relationship with your father? Uh, yeah, you know, early on there was so much going on in my life that, that obviously, you know, his absence was felt, but mm-hmm. I was dealing with learning a language and being in a new place, so I wasn't really thinking about him. We communicated you know, very rarely uh, at that point. And, and also communication wasn't the same way where it was really simple to, you know, right. Skype or to text or to FaceTime or anything. So, you know, it, it took a little more uh, effort and, and planning to make it happen. Um, as I got older, I started kind of appreciating the fact that I miss my father. Now, my mother had remarried, and my stepfather is is fantastic, and and for all intents and purposes, has you know is my father and raised me. Right. Uh, but I started kind of communicating with my father again in Iran, and he at that point couldn't come to the United States. I think he probably would have come to visit at least, never to move here. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't go back to Iran because I hadn't served in the military, and I was you know at, at the age where had I gone back. They would have taken me in and put me in the army. So we made a plan and we met each other in Turkey, in Istanbul. And I saw him, you know, for the first time. Last time I'd seen him, I was seven. And then, you know, I'm seeing him uh, as an adult. So uh, that that was fantastic because he, he passed away shortly thereafter. But I, you know, I had the opportunity to at least see and, and see him and connect with him. Wow. OK, man. All right. Uh, 
take a sh- shift gears here. I wanted to also talk with another. Uh, in my mind, he's a he's a he's an icon, uh, not only in hip hop but just in the game. Period. Uh, Nas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I see. I seen a number of pictures with, with you and him, and I saw that you did the cover uh, for the Hip Hop Is Dead album. Yes. Talk to me a little about uh, about Nas. Like, how did you uh, you guys link up? Well, Nas, Nasir is is my wife's first cousin. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he's he's family. Right. He's family. Uh, fantastic guy. Obviously, you guys know you know you know his abilities as an MC, but he's just an all around you know, sweet human being. So it's been a it's been a blessing to to have him in our life. And actually, we we have very little family here in LA, but he's he's one of the only ones. So we connect a lot. We get together a lot. He's been he's been very supportive. The, it, it's interesting. The hip hop is dead cover. I remember my wife called me or something and said, "Hey, Nasir's looking for you. Uh, give him a call." And at the time, I thought, "Oh, maybe." You know, I think there was a Prince thing going on sometime around then, and I thought maybe he you know he was calling to see if uh, I had tickets or whatever, some info on it. So when I called him back and he said, "Hey, I want you to shoot the cover of my new album," I was you know obviously very surprised and and, and thankful. So I uh, ended up flying out to New York and, you know, we discussed the idea and, and I ended up shooting that. Wow. OK. All right. Uh, man. And shout out to, to, to Nas, man. He's uh, yes. one of these guys that's really kept a high level quality level in his work and, and what he stands for. Uh, I see him standing next to uh, what's old girl's name? Uh, Nicki Minaj these days, but I ain't mad at that. Do, <laughs> do you, sir? I, I, I think they're friends. <laughs> hey, I ain't mad. I ain't mad. Um, all right. Uh, I'm trying to jump in some of the questions here uh, from Facebook. And uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, um, are there any shots of prints that you wish you had gotten but were unable to get uh, in front of a particular landmark or holding a particular instrument? So any, any shot like that? No, I never, I, no, I can't think of anything that, you know, I guess I, it would have been nice to shoot him in, in Paris more. I was in Paris with him, uh, but the schedule was so crazy. The, the few times we went there that outside of the venues or the hotels, I didn't really have a, a chance to photograph him, but I, but I always thought it would have been cool to uh, shoot him atop the Eiffel Tower. Ah, Okay. Um, it says, uh, how did how did your time with Prince and in the world of Paisley shape, inform, or add to your perspective on life? Uh, what were some of the lessons uh, you took from your time with Prince? Mm, that's a great question. Well, it, working with Prince was such a huge part of my life. So, so 20 years worth of my life, uh, I worked with him 10 years very, very closely and intimately. So, one, it was just... it. it shaped kind of who I am. A lot of times I was, I spent more time with him than I did with my family. So, uh, one, it was learning discipline. A lot of that I learned from, from him watching him, his, his work ethic, you know, here's a guy that has everything, but for him to stay up late making music and get up early in the morning and, and continue to make music was, was just a, a, a amazing thing to see. Uh, and then I think the biggest lesson really just watching the way he operated in the world. And, and this is one thing that I try to instill in my children is not to see any limitations with possibilities. Mm. So for Prince, obviously, every, everything was possible. You know, you've heard the 
the funny stories about him asking for a camel at right. 2 a.m. or whatever. Well, in his world, it was possible. And so I'm not saying I'm going to ask for a camel at 2 a.m., but I, but I look at the, at, at the world in a way that, okay, this is, this is what I want to do or this is what I want to accomplish. What are my steps versus what are the obstacles? Um, wanted to talk about your book. Uh, make sure we get that into print, A Private View. Uh, I got to ask you, I know you've, you've asked, asked this before, but uh, Beyonce uh, mm-hmm. doing the forward. Did you have a relationship with her before that you could do this? Or is this just like a dream? Think big. And I, I, uh, I didn't I didn't have a, a direct relationship with her. I've, I've met her several times. I met her, you know, at, when she was rehearsing uh, for the Grammys with Prince. Okay. Uh, I'd met her at some of the after shows when when her and Jay-Z had come through and he was playing at a little private club with a handful of people. So obviously I knew her. I don't know if she remembered me from from those times, Um, but reconnected uh, through Yvette, who uh, was Prince's publicist and works with Beyonce very closely and is her publicist. So when the question of the forward came up, I actually thought of before I even ran into Yvette, I thought of Beyonce. Because for for a few reasons, one, I I wanted someone that was iconic. And I know a lot of people will say, well, she's not iconic in the same way Prince is, but but she is today's icon and a very talented lady. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted someone that I knew Prince respected and whose music he liked. So that was another thing. And I know he he he's told me, you know, himself what what he thought of her and and how much he respected her talent and, and her work ethic. Uh, and then the biggest reason really that, that I thought about Beyonce was who could I get that would whose voice would uh, bring attention to Prince amongst the, the younger generation? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't expect that, that young kids are going to go out to buy this book. But when they hear that Beyonce is talking about Prince, hopefully they, you know, it opens up their mind and say, OK, let me let me figure out who this dude is. Let me listen to his music. Let me you know, let me look him up. So. The idea was someone that that would help continue his legacy uh, and and bring it to the attention of uh, of a new generation. Wow. Okay. Um, And and what uh, it's called a private view. But is that the distinctive theme to show a private side of Prince or there? You know, know, somewhat the the book is really kind of obviously it's about Prince, but also my experience uh, working with him. Okay, Um, And so I had a a whole different, you know, perspective on it. Uh, I was there after the musicians went to bed. You know, I was there uh, in the morning when he woke up at times. So I saw a lot of things. So it's really about my experience working with him. And that, that, I guess, is the is the private view. Uh, The book contains a lot of moments that people haven't seen that are similar to the one where he's walking down the street, Mm -hmm. you know. But it also has a lot of the live shots from the concerts, you know, portraits that we did that, that, you know, made it onto uh, posters for, you know, jazz festival and, uh, and whatnot. So it's a mix of a lot of things. And then uh, I have some images from the 3121 parties, which nobody has also seen. Ah, I, I think there's a picture. I don't know if this is from the book, but uh, I think it's a picture with 
Stevie Wonder is in it. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Man, I don't, I don't think that's. I don't remember. I don't know if that's in the book or not. But yeah, there's there's a lot of those those parties were amazing. I don't think they'll they'll ever be repeated. There'll ever be anything like that. But you know, he would have the instruments just sitting there. Every party had all these instruments set up, and a lot of times Prince would play, but it was open to whoever you know could play and was daring enough to, to get on an <laughs> instrument in front of Prince. Um, wow. But these people would come through. So Alicia Keys was there. Hmm. You know, John Mayer would show up. Justin Timberlake. A lot of different people would show up and, and get on the mic or get on the, the drums. Or, you know, Matthew McConaughey was was uh, seemed to always be there playing the bongos in the background. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's amazing. Were any of those filmed that you remember? The the parties? Uh, I, filmed, I filmed a couple of them. Uh, I don't know if they made it into the film, into the thirty-one twenty-one film, but we did, we did film a few of the parties. Wow! And a lot of times we would film those, like it, it was set up for the party, and we would start filming before uh, the the guests arrived, you know. And we had a, some some extras and some actors and whatnot. And we would film, and then and then the guests would arrive, and then the party would continue until you know four or five in the morning. Uh, can you just, another question from the Facebook? Can you describe sort of what a just an average? I don't even use the word average, but uh, what a day would be like working with Prince, like sort of the events and how that would flow. Uh, well, for me as a photographer, it would uh, when we were on the road. Let's say you know on a tour, uh, wake up early. Uh, I would go over to, to Prince's hotel if we hadn't looked at images the night before. We'd look at them there, you know, make selects together, talk about how how and where they're going to be used. Uh, and then he would get dressed and we'd go to the venue. They'd do a, a sound check. Um, and, you know, he was very particular about the sound. So those sound checks would, would take a long time. He was at every one, you know, a lot of a lot of big. Uh, band leaders, you know, leave it to their musical director to do the sound check. But Prince was was in there, you know, listening from all corners of the of the uh, venue to make sure it sounded great everywhere. Wow. Uh, all the all the instruments and the vocals and everything was was just right. Um, so that would take a long time, you know. Whereas for some people, they do one or two songs and they move on. It was almost like they they would do one set before he was happy with the sound, uh, and then. There's a little bit of downtime. People would change, you know, get into their show show wardrobe. Prince Prince would relax, uh, and then the show would start. And then obviously he would do, you know, a, an amazing two hour show. Go back, change, and then we would head to some after party location or after show location. Uh, and then they would play for another two hours plus. Um, and then after that, him and I would go and look at images. Wow. So the, the the night wouldn't end usually till you know, five or six in the morning. I mean, most of my recollection is driving home or going to the hotel when with the sun coming up. And this is all over the world. This this this, this is this is all over the world. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, we'll wrap up a little bit here, but uh, is there anybody who you would love to work with, whether they're alive or not? Like just. Uh, I don't know I mean I I feel like uh, I've worked with the pinnacle uh, with Prince so I don't think anything anything would would compare Um, 
to that experience. And, and, you know, it's, it's been difficult. It's, you know, it's hard for me to, to still fathom the fact that, that he's gone. Uh, what do you say then? I saw you had a little interaction uh, with a person on Facebook about the book. What do you say to those, you know, that, oh, how come you didn't do this book, you know, before, or are you trying to cash in, that sort of thing? Can you address that sort of? Uh, yeah, you know what? First of all, I shouldn't have gotten into it with that, with that person. Uh, I don't know how, why I was feeling the way I was feeling that day. Um, You're human, man. You're human. I, you know, I, it, it was nothing bad. She was just basically saying, why'd you make this book? Quite honestly, after he passed, I couldn't look at any of the the images that I had. It just brought back so many so many memories and just made it even more difficult. But uh, there was an outpouring of of kind of love from the fans and, and requests mm-hmm. for the book. And so for me, it was therapy putting this book together. You know, I, I I say a little bit in the book about it, but you know, I was looking for for some form of closure because I just couldn't find it. You know, every day was difficult. Mm-hmm after he passed and, and so it took me months before I could even start looking at images and consider doing a book uh, and then I got so many requests so I said okay let me see let me see what I can do mm-hmm. uh, and so I started putting a proposal together you know kind of loosely to, to hand to a lit agent to see if there was any interest and, and right away you know I had a few publishers that wanted to do it so I did it I did it for the fans I did it for therapy for myself People that think that making a niche book like this is a money-making endeavor are are <laughs> extremely wrong. Um, it's probably cost me more money and time putting this book together than, than I'll see back. But I still think it's it's worthwhile, uh, you know, to to continue his legacy and to hopefully put a smile on on people's faces when they see you know images and a perspective of prints that maybe they haven't seen before. All right. And we talked about the first time you worked with Prince. Can you talk about the last time you worked with Prince? Yeah. You know, he he called me several times after the last time we worked together. And unfortunately, the schedules didn't. uh, There was conflicts and my schedule didn't allow me. But the last time was on the um, Welcome to Canada tour. Okay. and I went up and, and uh, photographed him at several of the, the shows up there. And the, the very last picture, and it's in this book, is from an after show uh, in Canada before we were heading to Seattle. Wow. I, I don't remember the name of the city. but <laughs> and, I, and he didn't even, he's like, just enjoy, enjoy the party. You don't need to take any pictures. It was a really darkly lit club. Not a lot of people. There was a curfew, but the mayor of this little town was there, and so he turned the police away. And like, are you kidding? It's Prince. Wow. So he let him. He let him play past the city curfew, and I pulled my phone out. I was behind the stage, up on kind of a catwalk, and I pulled my phone out and I snapped a, a few pictures from from up there, uh, and, and that was the last photograph I took of Prince. Now I saw him, you know, many times after that. We would hang out, or if he was in town. Uh, I'd go see a show or go over to the house or go to the party, but that is the last photograph. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's. Did you did you end up coming to the Seattle thing or? 
No, I from uh, from there I had to head back because again, okay. what what would happen with Prince is a lot of this stuff was was very kind of last minute. It was you know he was inspired by something. Mm. So many of my trips, like when I went to Panama or when I went to Morocco, I literally had less than a twenty four hour notice wow. uh, from him. So I had I had already had a job back back in California, so I couldn't stay for the Seattle show. I had to go after after we were done with Canada. Oh, okay, because yeah. I, I live in Seattle, so I remember that that show, and that was my first time going to an after show. He played here uh, at a club oh, in town. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I did a short stint in Seattle after college. I, I moved to Seattle trying to break into the film business. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, real quick, you, you mentioned film, so. Uh, is there aspirations to possibly do a you know a major motion picture directing or anything like that? Uh, well, there is. I mean, that's kind of the reason I got into this business um, was to try to tell stories, and and I realized I'm I'm good at the visual side of it, and I became a cinematographer, uh, and so that's most of the work that I do now is in cinematography on on commercials and occasionally music videos. But I'm I, actually speaking of projects, I'm about to start a. Uh, a documentary um, co-directing it with my partner Glenn Kino uh, about Tommy Smith, uh, who was the 1968 Olympic gold medalist at the Summer Games in Mexico, who did the iconic Black Power salute. Oh so wow! Okay, it's on board. Um, we're about to do that documentary. Uh, John Legend and his team just signed on to be producers. So nice. we're yeah in the midst of of making that happen okay we'll keep our eyes out on that for sure yes please thank you that'd be a big deal uh and i'm a movie guy as a viewer so i have to ask you what well, like what are your you know i'll give you three choices you know you can pick three <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but what are like your three top movies for whatever reasons or whatever? Man, that, that's that's a hard one I, one <laughs> one that just came to my mind right away because i saw it recently and then someone sent me the book was the shawshank redemption okay um, I, I love that film. And then, you know, there's a lot of obscure kind of foreign films that I got into, but but one that I really loved, it's a Wim Wenders film called Wings of Desire, uh, mm-hmm. which which I think they made a remake of here in the States called like City of Angels or something, but uh, it, it doesn't compare to the original. Uh, gosh, there's so many. So, hmm. <laughs> like, what's your guilty pleasure film? Uh, Blue Velvet. Really? Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I I had a dark side. So come so coming up in the film business, you know, uh, uh, what's his uh, uh, God? What's his name that directed Blue Velvet? Um, Lynch. Yeah, David Lynch. David Lynch. <laughs> my short term memory is going. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, Lynch was one of my favorites. So I I remade a scene from uh, Eraserhead as as one of my projects. Uh, you know, in school. Um, I can't. I can't name the third one. <laughs> it's too much, huh? That's too much. I hear that, man. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap this up, Mister. Again, I'm gonna get it right here. Afshin. 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 Shahindi. Shahindi. Perfect. There you go. I'll, I'll keep practicing, but I all definitely right. will go out and get the book. Uh, I already know. All of the Prince fans, we're going to snatch that thing up. So I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Are you going to uh, any plans to do like a uh, book tour or signings or anything? I don't know if there's a big book tour planned. I know that I will do a signing here in L.A. 
possibly one in uh, in Minneapolis. Okay. Uh, what I am planning is to do uh, a gallery exhibit, um, hopefully in L.A., in New York, in Miami, and then after that, we'll see, you know, if people are interested, maybe I can take it to a few other places. Definitely. All right. Well, we will be there if you are. Uh, if Look out for him on Facebook, I imagine, or places where you can find out about signing in L.A. And where can they find you online, sir? Online, Afshin A. Shahidi is my uh, Instagram handle, and then Afshin Shahidi on Facebook. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, please go on to his page or go on to the uh, comment section of this and thank him for coming on the show and spending time with us. Uh, let him know we really appreciate it. Uh, and we really appreciate the work you have done with Prince over the years. There's a lot of iconic pictures that you've done. Uh, that I, I was like, oh, he did that one. Uh, this is the, always the one I love is uh, it's the one with Prince. He's got the hat. And it's the black background. I think it was mm-hmm. a musicology picture. Uh, yeah, I think it was from Black from the Black Sweat. That's, black Sweat, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah that, I think that was one of his favorite shots of, of himself that I took. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a classic one, man. I love that shot, man. You really captured him. Uh, in that one so i I, I was blessed to have the opportunity to to work with him yes sir and again man uh we salute you and your family for really uh just doing it on a high level with grace man and you did a great job you and your wife done a great job with your kids of course we all rooting uh for your Mm -hmm. daughter man and and everything that she's got going on i I was talking to somebody and it was like man she kind of uh, the, the good parts of that Lisa Bonet vibe, you know, and we kind of get that, <laughs> <laughs> that different world type of vibe, man. And so she's in, right. you know, she's in a, in a great position. Uh, and the show Blackish and everything represents is a really good look. So uh, salute to your family, man. Blessings on that. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know what it is. The Prince Podcast here on Podcast Juice. We have to thank our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you have any questions you want to find us, it's always podcastjuice.net. Hey, my name is Michael Dean. Work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.
high school grad Gotta get a job cause I'm the high school dad I wish I got paid for rap but to the nation But that's not likely So here's my application Listen to the man at AT&T Cause when I'm in school I got the AEE Because I'm crazy for this youngster I didn't have no money So now I have to punch a clock Got a slave and be happy Do what white man says There's no room for the appetite I always do but when I'm McDonald's, can't take your order, please. I just want to be cured that I might give me cancer. Cause my son doesn't take it for an answer. Now I'm paying taxes, and I never give me back. What about diapers and bottles of Simulac? Do I have to sell me a whole lot of crack? But this is shelter, clothes on my back. Or should I just wait for help from Obama? The kid makes the hood, but they got Osama. They got me money. We got phones. Maybe you don't know what I'm saying, but I'm explaining it real quick. See, listen. They got the money. So we got the phones. We got the, the cell phones. All the gadgets. And, you know, we got the spinners and all that old stuff. But we don't have all the money. We don't have all the power. We too focused on the small stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking maybe we should leave it alone. And let's get refocused. So that's what this song's about. But anyway, y'all don't want to hear that. Get back to the song, right? Because it feels good. So I got to give you that. Give you something to pump in your car. Uh. Before we get out of here, a couple shout outs. Check it out. This is freedomtrainonline.com. My name is Michael Dean. You know how we get down. Check it out. More love. Uh. More love. Yeah. Also, we got to give a shout out. My man in Minneapolis. You already know. Let's give it one time, play. The MPG, more love. The MPG, more love. Please don't spill me. <laughs> but then, oh yes, of course, dedication, celebration. Shout out to Tupac Shakur. Yeah. Uh. And of course, my man, Big Daddy Kane, the God. Yeah. More love. And also we had to give another one out to my man O'Shea, Mr. Ice Cube. We salute you, sir. Pioneer. Mola. Mola. Yeah. Alright, we out of here, y'all. <laughs>